building and destruction. These are two words that define our success or failure in everything that we do. When we find ourselves in a state of destruction, we are failing. When we find ourselves building, we are successful. Our relationships, our marriages, our homes, our children, our relationship to Hashem, our purpose, our connection to Torah, our success in yeshiva, our happiness, our peace of mind, and so much more. Every one of those we're either building and succeeding or there's destruction and failure. Today, we commemorate destruction. Destruction of the Miraglim. Destruction of the Bet HaMikdash. And so much more in our history. We can also add to the mix that today we commemorate the destruction that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis. The purpose of this commemoration is not to feel sad and down. The purpose is to block out 24 hours so we can sit and contemplate why destruction happens. Not only why, can, why destruction happened, Why is destruction happening? Why is it happening in my life? In one area or more? With wisdom, we could locate the ultimate cause and source of all destruction. Fortunately, with the wisdom of our Torah, we are able to understand why things happen the way they do. Our Torah not only reports what happens, but more importantly, tells us why it happens. 
So what is the cause of destruction? A national destruction? A family destruction? A community destruction? A marriage destruction? A home destruction? A personal destruction? What is the source of all destruction? There is no better opportunity to ask that question than today. Because today is the day of the greatest destruction. And it is important to locate the cause. Because the cause of one destruction will be the cause of another. If we open up Masechet Gitin, the Gemara brings a very famous story. The Gemara says, Akamtsa ubar kamtsa haruv Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yohanan says that because of Kamtsa and Bar Kamtsa, Yerushalayim was destroyed. The destruction of Yerushalayim happened because of Kamtsa and Bar Kamtsa. And the Gemara says the story that everybody knows how a man was having a party and he invited. His friend Kamta, and by mistake it went to his enemy Bar Kamta, someone he didn't like. And Bar Kamta showed up, I guess he was happy to get the invitation. And when the Bala Simha saw him, he told him, What are you doing here? And he asked him to leave. And the man pleaded with him as not to be embarrassed. He was even willing to pay. But to no avail as the man walked him out. The Gemara says that when he walked out, he says, I see rabbis sitting here. And they're watching what's going on, and nobody said a word. No one walked out. No one protested. He says, I'm going to go to the Caesar and be Malshin and talk about these people and get them in trouble. And he went and he told the Caesar, you know, these people, the Jewish people, they don't really respect you. He says, and they really will rebel against you one of these days. So the Caesar says, who said? How do I know you're telling the truth? He says, well... Bring your korban, send an animal, 
to be a sacrifice, the halacha allows a goy to bring a korban to the Bet HaMikdash. And you'll see, they will not offer the korban that you send them. He gives them the most beautiful animal, sends a few people to see what in fact is going to happen. This Bar Kamsa, what he does, he puts a blemish in the animal that the Goy doesn't consider a blemish. We do. So according to the Goyim, everything is fine, everything is good. According to us, we can't bring it. And there's a dilemma amongst the rabbis over there, what should be done? So they said, let's bring the Korban. Even though you're not allowed to bring it, but this is a big tragedy that we need to avoid. But then stepped up a rabbi by the name of Rabbi Zechariah. Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkulas. And he says, no, maybe we shouldn't bring it. Because people might think that we're allowing such a blemish to go on the Mizbeah. So they said, okay, let's kill Bar Kamsa. This way he won't tell. Rabbi Zechariah gets up again and says, but maybe we shouldn't do that. Because people are going to say that someone who puts a blemish in a sacrifice is supposed to get killed. Wrong halakha. Says Rabbi Yohanan, the same Rabbi Yohanan that started this Gemara. Says Rabbi Yohanan, Ambatanuto shel Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkulas. It was the humility of Rabbi Zechariah. Hehriva et betenu. It destroyed our home. It destroyed the Bet Hamikdash. Vesarfa et echalenu. And it burnt the sanctuary. Vehiglitanu me'artsenu. And it dispersed us. We went into exile. Let's read that again. Says Rabbi Yohanan, the one who brought in the beginning that because of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, Yerushalayim was destroyed. The same Rabbi Yohanan says, listen good to what I'm telling you. The destruction happened because of the humility of this great giant, Rabbi Zechariah. I thought humility was a good thing. Since when did humility become the cause of destruction? Imagine we're sitting here on the floor, and you know why? Because of somebody's humility. Isn't humility what Ramban told his son is the most precious of all midot? Where was his humility anyway in this story? 
First of all, the Midrash says that Rabbi Zechariah was present in the meal. He was present in the party. And he was one of those that sat and didn't say anything. Because he was an anav. He was a man that looked at himself and says, Who am I? There are the rabbis here. In his humility, he didn't realize that he was the gadol of that meal. There were other rabbis. But they were all looking at him. They were all watching to see what he would do. When the great rabbi is sitting in a room and something needs to be done, you don't do it until you see him do it. So why didn't he get up? Didn't he realize that someone is being embarrassed? Didn't he learn the Gemara that it's better to die than to embarrass somebody in public? How does he sit there? You know why he sat there? Says Rabbi Yohanan. I'll tell you why he sat there. Because he was a humble man. Misplaced humility. He was humble in the sense that he said, maybe those people are greater than me. Let me see what they're going to do. But they're all watching him. And when it came to the halakha, should we bring the korban? Should we not bring the korban? The halakha says that when a court convenes and the rabbis are there, the judges are going to talk about the case, somebody's on trial, a death penalty perhaps. The pasuk says, and you make sure that you allow the lower level rabbis to speak. Don't let the great rabbi speak first. Because once he speaks and he says his opinion, even if everybody else disagrees, they're not going to talk up. If the gadol ador is going to say something, everyone keeps quiet. But we need a bedding of 23. We don't need a bedding of one person. So the halakha says, you start with the lower level, lower tier. What do you think? Until they get to the gadol. The rabbis at the time of that story wanted to kill Bar Kamsa. And save Yerushalayim. But when the question was asked, Rabbi Zechariah, the Gadol, stepped up. He said, I'm not sure if we should kill him. Not sure. Not so simple. After he spoke, they all kept quiet. Who's going to speak after Rabbi Zechariah? 
But didn't Rabbi Zechariah know that when there's an issue, when there's a discussion, you don't speak first if you're the Gadol? Didn't he know that? Why is he speaking first? Says Rabbi Yohanan, he was a Anav. He didn't realize in his humility that he was the one on top. He looked at himself in his humility as a, one of the boys, one of the rabbis. So he spoke first. Says Rabbi Yohanan, the destruction of the Beta Migdash was directly caused by a great man who didn't step up when he needed to. Rabbi Zechariah was in the position to step up. Nobody in that party had to step up but him because he was the Gadol. He didn't step up. When it came to the question, his anava, his humility, brought about the wrong decision. When great people don't step up, there's great destruction, not only to themselves, but to all those who they're responsible for. When small people don't step up, there's small destruction. When big people don't step up, step up, there's big destruction. What about the Gemara that says in Masechet Yoma that the Beta Migdash was destroyed because of hatred? Sinat Hinam. What about that? Well, perhaps the answer is when leaders don't step up and leaders don't lead and there's no direction and there's no fear and there's no system. It gives everybody a chance to do whatever they want. When there's no leadership in a family, the children run wild. When there's no leadership in a synagogue, it's destruction. Without leadership, there's hatred caused by fighting and conflict. We only saw the Sinat Hinam. That was what we saw. But says Rabbi Yohanan, let me give you the Rashi behind it. Where did the Sinat Hinam come from? You think one day people got up and said, let's hate each other? You think that was a goal of the generation? To hate people? Says Rabbi Yohanan, it came because great people didn't step up in their leadership. When we don't step up, when needed, 
we bring about destruction. The Torah gives us an example of a man who did step up. Pasuk says, Vayar Pinehas ben El Azar. Pinehas, the son of El Azar, the grandson of Aharon Kohen, was watching along with the entire nation a terrible tragedy that was taking place in front of their eyes. And the Pasuk says, Vayakom Pinahas could have looked around and said, why should I do it? Somebody else could do it. Pinahas, he stood up and he says, I could do it. If I could do it, I need to do it. And he stood up in front of everybody, young and old. And he killed And the Pasuk says, There was destruction in Am Yisrael when nobody was doing anything. But when one man stepped up, no more destruction. And that is why Hashem says, Tell Pinehas, I am giving him Beriti Shalom. He's going to get the covenant of shalom, shalem. Shalem is complete. Shalem is success. Shalom is everything we want in our lives. When Pinehas stepped up, he brought great success and shalom to our people. And my dear friends, let this class not be a message to Rabbi Zechariah and to Pinehas. Today we're here to talk about us. We're not here to talk about anybody else. We're here to learn from others. Because in life, we're all asked to step up. When we don't step up, there's destruction. And the greater we are, the greater the destruction. If you're an individual, you don't step up, you destroy yourself. If you're a parent and you don't step up, you destroy your family. You're a rabbi and don't step up, you destroy your community. We all have where to step up. Rabbis have to step up. Rabbis have to work harder. Rabbis have to teach more people. Rabbis have to care more about those in need. Teachers 
have to work harder for their students. You got to step up. You got to give them your time. You got to give them your soul. Young men in yeshiva have to step up. Step up your game. The learning has to be more serious. The timing. The expectations on a daily basis. We gotta step up. There are people who grew up never going to Minyan in the morning. It was not part of their life for whatever reason. It's time to step up. There's a community of shuls that are open early in the morning till late. It's time to pray with the minyan every day. There are people who never learn Torah on a daily basis. It's time to step up. It's not the 40s. It's not the 50s anymore. It's not even the 70s or 80s. There are people to learn with. There are books to read. Doesn't matter what you were doing before. It's time to step up. We need to step up our Shabbat. Shabbat is not Sunday. Or better yet, Shabbat is not even Saturday. Is your Shabbat Saturday or Shabbat? We need to turn the weekend into Shabbat. We don't have a weekend. We have something called Shabbat. Shabbat has rules. Shabbat is not meant to go hopping from place to place. The first time the Torah mentions Shabbat, the Torah says, Shevu ishtahtav. Stay put on Shabbat. Al yetse ish mi mekomo. The day of Shabbat is not meant to go hopping from home to home. There's a way to live Shabbat. We must step up Shabbat. 
Shabbat will bring tremendous success to not only that day, but to the whole week. But you got to step up. Today we know more. We understand better. It's all around us. It's time to step up, step up with our modesty. We're not doing so well over there. There are many people, thank God, that have began to understand the blessing of modesty. The blessing of dressing modestly. The blessing of a life of modesty. Modesty is a blessing not only to the person but to their home, to their shalom bayit, to their children, to their future, to their grandchildren. But it's a big struggle for people who didn't do it or are not used to it. Understandably so. A person never kept Shabbat properly listens to this and says, what is he talking about? The person who doesn't dress modestly, doesn't act modestly, says, what is he talking about? That's why I say step up. Step up means there are things in your life that you and I both know that need to be better. And you know it. And you agree with it. But you can't do it. Someone talks about Shabbat, you dismiss it. Modesty, dismissed. Those who keep Shabbat perfectly say, yeah, that's nice, Rabbi. Keep on going. The other guy says, okay, let's move to the next one. Talk about modesty. The modest guy says, beautiful. The other one says, come on, what's the next one? That's the way we work. The things that we do, we say, check. What we don't do, we're not doing Charity. You got to step up. Yes, we're a very charitable community. Yes. But guess what? Nobody here is a community. Each person is an individual. And there are many individuals that need to step up. And I don't mean to give maser. I don't even mean to give 20%. There are people who have so much money that they can build their legacy. They can build their eternity with the gift that God gave them. 10% and 20% is for regular people. 
But there are people in the world today that understand that money was given to you to do for others. Someone told me the other day about a Jew in the world who gave 85% of his money. He's not 90 or 80. He's a young person. To build schools. He's still got plenty left. When will a wealthy man come to a rabbi or to a leader and say, I need to build something. I need to take a hundred million and build something. Yes, not three million, a hundred million. For some people, that's not only doable, it's their way of stepping up. Step up to the plate. Build. You could do it. The guy who doesn't have money says, Yes, Rabbi, tell them. <laughs> I see everybody's face. See how it goes? That's how it goes. Anything relevant to you, you start falling asleep. I see. Who's falling asleep every time I say something? I talk about the rabbis, the rabbis sleeping, everybody else is up. Talk about the students, the students are sleeping, the rabbis are up. Talk about money, the rich guy is sleeping, the poor guy is up. That's why I keep saying step up. When I speak step up, I mean the thing that you're not doing well. You got to step it up. Kashrut, as simple as it might sound, for many, it's called stepping up. There's no reason. There is no reason for a Jew today in New York City to have even a reason to eat anything that's not kosher. But I get it. People struggle with that. I didn't grow up like that. I grew up kosher. So for me, it's easy. Who am I to judge those who didn't? But you got to step up. It doesn't matter. It's the right thing to do for you and for your family and for your children. It's the right thing for you to do as a Jew. You know it. I need to teach you that. But you got to step up. If you're in conflict, you're fighting with your brother, you're fighting with your cousins. You're fighting with people who you love the most or you should love the most. Well, it's time to step up. Step up and figure it out. Put the ego down. 
You'll bring beracha. You'll bring success to your life. Because when you step up, there's beracha. And if you don't step up, there's destruction. 60 years ago, the one who didn't keep Shabbat, he didn't even know he had to step up. For them, it wasn't destruction. And look at the beautiful perot. Look at the fruits of those people who are not Shomer Shabbat. Their children and grandchildren, the most beautiful Torah Jews, they couldn't step up. No one taught them. The situation was impossible for them based on where they were. But when you know better, you need to step up. You can't just say, that's where I've been my whole life. If you don't understand anything that I just said, and that's why you don't do it, I'm not talking to you. If you don't understand Shabbat, say, what's Shabbat? I know what that is. What's he talking about? Shabbat? What is that? If you don't understand any one of these subjects, and therefore you don't do it, that's not today's discussion. You need to get education. But if there's something here that you do understand, and it's all around you, and you don't do it, why not? Why not? Because that's where you've been for the last hundred years, so step up. The Emre Emet writes that if you look in the parasha of, of the curses in Behukotai, you'll see 33 words, 33 pesukim, excuse me. And he says these 33 pesukim, Lamed Gimel Lag, correspond to the 33 pesukim of Birkat Yaakov. When Yaakov Avinu blesses children, at the end of his life, you'll count 33 pesukim. 33 pesukim by Yaakov Avinu's blessings. 33 pesukim by the curses of Behukotai. What possible connection do those two things have? But according to our discussion today, it's pretty obvious and simple. When Yaakov blessed his children, the pasuk says... He blessed each one with his unique blessing. Yaakov didn't expect from anyone what he couldn't do. But what he could do, he gave him the blessing. What was the blessing? To tell him that he could do it. And you know what happens when we don't fulfill the blessing that we could do? You know when we can keep Shabbat better and we don't? When we can be more modest and we don't? We can give more money and we don't? We can learn more and we don't? When we can pray every day and we don't? You know what happens when you could and you don't? It's called destruction. When you don't know and you don't, it's not called destruction. The other people in the party of Kamsa, Bar Kamsa, those people did not cause the destruction. 
Even though they all sat quietly. Guess what? Even Bar Kamsa and even the Baal Abayit is not blamed for what happened. Because maybe that's all he could understand. Maybe that's where he was. I don't know who that man was. He wasn't blamed. But the one who could have stepped up, there was one man. And you don't step up. That's destruction. When you can and you don't. Equals destruction. No matter who you are. And no matter where you come from. To his credit, Rabbi Zechariah didn't step up for a good reason. He didn't step up because of a beautiful midah that he thought he was living by. It was a mistake in Kiddushah. But a mistake nonetheless. Like Rabbi Yohanan points out. It doesn't matter why he didn't step up. Bottom line, he didn't step up. And isn't that the story of the Miraglim? Isn't the story of the Miraglim people who didn't step up? Not because of humility, for another reason. You know, there are different reasons in life why we don't step up. I don't think many of us are not stepping up because of our over-humility. I don't think that's going to be our issue. But there are other reasons why we don't step up in life. One of it is called hergel. Hergel means habit. Meraglim is lashon hergel. When you have a habit and you've done something the same way for 10 days, it becomes a habit. For 10 years, it becomes a very big habit. For 30 years, it becomes an impossible habit. When you have a hergel and someone tells you, you know, why don't you start doing this? Why don't you start wearing that? Why don't you eat that? Why don't you get up early? Why don't you learn? Why don't you give more? To a person who hasn't given charity in his life, asking him to give a hundred million? Impossible. What are you talking about? But you can afford it. You could do it. Just not my, I, I'm not used to it. I know people that cannot sign a check. They can't do it. They want. They know it's right. They can't. You know why? Hergel. And those are the words of the Miraglim. When they came back, they said, Lo You know how many people right now are listening to me here? Or somewhere there? And are hearing everything that I say, if they didn't shut me down yet. And they're saying, I hear what the man is saying. Listen, Shabbat is Shabbat. We're going to argue on Shabbat. We're going to argue with halachot. Open up. Modesty is modesty. That's what it is. Hainuch of the children the right way. It is what it is. There's rules. We know it. Kashrut, we're going to argue. The guys are going to argue probably left a long time ago. 
But you know what the people are saying now when they hear all this? More money, more learning, more tefillot, more modesty, more Shabbat, more kashrut, better. From the youngest to the oldest, from the simplest to the guy learning in yeshiva, everyone says the same, the same word. You know what the words are? Lo la'alot. We cannot step up. What do you want from me? What are you talking about? You know why? Because I've been doing this for so long. I've been a lazy bum for so long in yeshiva. You think now I'm going to step up? I've had these friends and this friendship and this lifestyle for a hundred years. You think now I'm going to step up? I've been dressing this way for 40 years. You think now I'm going to step up? I never walked into shul except for Shabbat and holidays. You think now I'm going to step up? I'm not used to it. I don't do that. When a person has a habit, he feels that he can't do it. But it's not true. Rabbi Zechariah had anava to deal with. We could do it. That's what Yehoshua and Kalev said. You could do it. The reason why you say you can't is because you're afraid to change. Because you're afraid to change your habit. It looks impossible. You could do it. It's your hergel that's not letting you see that you could and sometimes we feel we can't do it because it's our habit. And sometimes we feel we can't do it because it's too risky. Because what if we fail? What if I start to dress modestly and I fail? What if I start to learn more seriously and I fail? What if I start keeping Shabbat the right way and I don't enjoy it? Fear of the unknown. Fear of failure. I'm not saying my life is perfect, but at least I know what I know. Anytime I make a change, there's a fear of failure. What does it look like on the other side? When I step up, I don't know what's up there. I've never been up there before. I never did a Shabbat like that. What does that look like? What does a week look like when I wake up every day and I'm learning morning, night? What does that look like? Never been there before. I never gave that much money. What does that feel like? It's scary. And the person says, I can't do it. Forget it. It's too scary. Can't do it. I'm ready to break my habit, but it's too scary on the other side. I mentioned on Shabbat, one of the greatest books in the history of the Jewish people. Without this book, I don't know how many Jews would be real Jews today. The author of the Hovot Levavot writes in his Hagdama. He writes why he wants to write the book and why it's so important, this book. He goes through all the foundations of the principles of life. Shara Bitahon is probably the most famous chapter in the history of books. All Bitahon that you hear about today, from every rabbi, every book, every talk comes from Shara Bitahon. 
The master. That's just one chapter. He's writing this book of mastery. The Rambam didn't put this book down. And in the beginning, the Hakdama, the author says, you know, I decided that I should write this book. And then he says, Ra'iti, just as I wanted to start, I wanted to step up. Writing a book is a big undertaking, especially in those days. Ra'iti, listen to these words. Ki en ish kamoni ra'ui lehaber heibur kamohu. He says, a guy like me, I don't think I could do it. He says, I don't know if I'm smart enough. I don't know if my language is good enough. He says, I'm afraid, he says, Bayareti. He says, I was afraid that I would fail. And therefore I decided I'm not writing this book. Could you imagine he stopped right there? Every one of us here that's listening has that same choice. You say, I hear what he's saying. I hear it. It's needed. I got it. Shabbat would change my life. Learning would change my life. Whatever it is, I hear it. But I, I don't know. I might fail. I might lose my friends. I might lose my family. I, might, I don't know what I'm going to lose. But luckily, the Havot Levavot didn't stop. And then he says, but then I was afraid. I caught myself. As I was about to step up, I was excited. Then I got scared. I put my foot down. And then I said, wait a second. Why am I afraid? Maybe just my laziness. Maybe just my ego. Some other Yetzirah. And he said, I decided I'm going to write this book and listen to this line, one of the most beautiful lines you'll ever hear in your life. I don't know if there's a more beautiful line like this. He says, I remember the words, Min hazehirut. He says, let me tell you something to be careful about in life. Min hazehirut. Be careful about this. Don't be too careful. If you expect every step of growth in life to be safe and easy and predictable, you're never going to grow in life. Because every step of growth in life, there's a little fear. It's made on purpose that way. So we have free choice. If growth had no fear attached to it, who wouldn't do it? Who wouldn't step up to their greatness, to their success, if there's nothing holding them back? Hashem put fear, the fear of the unknown. The Havot Levavot, he stepped up when it was difficult. Our people accepted the Torah in those conditions. Hashem says, guys, are you ready to step up? Oh, where are we going? What, what happens when we step up? Not telling you. What are you not telling me? What's going to happen to me? Not saying. Do I have to fast for 365 days a year? Not telling you. Do I have to move to somewhere in the North Pole? I'm not telling you. So what do we do? What does it mean? Are you ready to step up? God says, listen to me. I'm the creator of the world. I'm talking to you. You trust me or not? Are you ready to step up? That was a question posed to our people. 
And we said, unlike everybody else in the world. We said, you know something? It's scary. We don't know what's going to be. We don't know what's going to happen. But if you say, we're doing it. I'm stepping up. That was the beginning of our people. Greatness in life will always come with some sort of na'aseh nishma. Everybody needs a na'aseh nishma moment in their life. And sometimes moments in different areas of life. There's got to be a na'aseh nishma. I'm going to step up even though I'm not sure. I don't know, but I'm going to do it. I know it's the right thing. And I will end. What a beautiful story. It's a story of Rabbi Akiva, one of the greatest people in the history of our people. As you know, Rabbi Akiva started his journey of stepping up at the age of 40. Before that, he was a complete Amaaretz. And as he came back after many years with all of his students, he's coming back to his city, all of a sudden a woman comes and wants to get close to him and they're trying to push her away. What is she doing? She's coming to the great Rabbi Akiva. So he looked and he says to them, he says, leave her. He says, that's my wife. But he said more than that. He didn't say she's my wife. He said something much deeper, but maybe not so clear to us what he meant. He says, Sheli veshelachem shelahu. He says, What I have and what you have is all hers. The question is, why is Rabbi Akiva the only one in the history of the world that made that statement? Can't every rabbi say? Without your wife, how could you do what you do? Every man who's accomplished in life could turn to his wife and say, Which great man can accomplish without a great woman behind him? So why is Rabbi Akiva the first one? Why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu say that? Why didn't Yeshua Abinun say that? Why is the world waiting for Rabbi Akiva to make this statement? Sheli veshelachem shelahu. And the answer is as follows. Rabbi Akiva was an Am Haaretz, an ignorant Jew who knew nothing. He didn't even know how to read Hebrew. And then all of a sudden, this woman, who is the daughter of wealth, she could have anybody she wants. And her father knows that. He's looking for the top boy in the world. He can afford it. She sees something in Rabbi Akiva or Akiva. She sees something great in him. And she says, you know, you could be something in life. Yeah, I've been told that. You know how many times Akiva has been told in his life that he could be something? You know those report cards that say he has great potential? 
You know what that means? It means Am Haaretz, that's what it means. When you see great potential, it means he does nothing. That's what it means. You know how many times Rabbi Akiva in his 40 years has been told by his parents, by his brothers, by his sisters, by his teachers, by his rabbis? He didn't live in, in, in Ireland. He lived in a Jewish place. You know how many times they told him, Sir, you know you have potential. You know what he did every time? He said, yeah, all right, I know, I hear. There's that potential word again. Tell somebody that you feel is not doing enough in their life, you know, I think you have more potential. Just be careful, they might smack you very hard. But this woman told him, listen to me. Not only do you have potential, I'm willing to step up. I'm willing to marry you. That's how much I believe in your potential. I believe in you. I'm willing to give up my father's Yerusha. My father's going to cut me off. All his money, all the will. I'm out. I'm willing to marry you and give up the best Bahur in the world. And I'm willing to give up all the money in the world because I believe you could be Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva, for the first time in his life, believed that he could do it. Till then, people told him, eh. he thought, Lo nuchal, I can't do it. I cannot do it. As much as you tell me, I can't do it. You don't know me, I can't do it. But when this woman did everything to show him that he could, all of a sudden he realized he could do it. And when he realized he could do it, he became one of the greatest Jews that ever stepped on the planet. That even Moshe Rabbeinu was amazed by his greatness. The difference between Akiva and Rabbi Akiva, what's the difference? Nuchal or lo nuchal? Before he was 40, he was the lo nuchal Jew. He was the guy that I can't do it. Can't do it. I know I hear, but I can't do it. It's not for me. At the age of 40, this woman instilled in him that he could. And he tells the students, Sheli, you see everything you see in me? It's because this woman believed in me. She showed me with her actions that I could. Sheli v'shelachem shelahu. We all have to step up. When there's opportunities to step up, you need to step up. Because if you don't step up, it's destruction. And the bigger the person, the bigger the opportunity, the greater the destruction. And the greater the return, if you do. Yes, there's habits, maybe false humility, Maybe fears of the future. Maybe ego. Stand up and say, listen, I've been wrong for 50 years. Not so easy. Ego is a big deal. But fortunate is the man who steps up in front of his family. And I recommend you do this one day in your life.
stand up on your Shabbat table and tell your children, you know, there's been something I've been doing for the last 50 years, but I want to say in front of you today, I was wrong. I made a mistake. It says the Pasuk, Ashrei. Asher Fortunate are the people who their leader admits that he made a mistake. Fortunate is the family that their parents say, I made a mistake. Fortunate is the community that their rabbi said, I made a mistake. There's nothing more special than getting up and say, I made a mistake. It's almost as if it's worth it to make a mistake just so you could admit you made a mistake. You guys have nothing to worry about. Don't worry. You have plenty of things to admit. This is my blessing to all of us. That this day of destruction should be a day of understanding the cause of it. And according to the Biyo Hanan, it's a very simple formula. You don't step up in life. There's destruction. You step up in every opportunity you have. I gave only a few examples, of course, many more. You will see tremendous hatzlaha with yourself, with your family, with your children, with your community, with your students, with your money, with everything that God gave you. Just step up. Hashem should bless you all.